Um, I think a community in the outdoor space is something that I never really expected. Um, I really believe that I know a lot of the people who I'm on the water with. Um, even if I don't know them, we've seen each other around, we'll give each other a wave. And I think once you're ingrained in a community, you have people around who know you, respect you, trust you. Um, as long as you're working and making strides to better yourself and better your situation, I think that just kind of spreads outward. Um, it gives you an easier path to treat other people better and ultimately to live a life that you know you want to live and a life that you can be proud of. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up, and welcome to episode 159 of Life in Motion. I've got Alec Wiggins with me, who's a whitewater kayaker, climbing instructor, and also a program coordinator at Beyond Boundaries. I'm excited to hear his story and how he's sharing his love for the outdoors with everyone. Alec, thanks for uh, being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, uh, any anybody that's a supporter of Beyond Boundaries uh, is, is a good person in, in my book. Uh, you know, we've been su- supporting supporting them for a while now. It's always fun to to learn about the other individuals within the organization. So but before um, we kind of get into some of those things, let's start with, you know, uh, kind of your origin story. You know, where are you from? where you grew up, kind of, you know, what what kind of led you down this uh, this outdoor adventure path in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up in Hanover. I went to Atlee. So I am local to Richmond-ish. Um, I went to school at George Mason for a little bit and then decided to move out to Steamboat Springs to go to Colorado Mountain College. Um, had a great time out there. Um, really fell in love with skiing and being in the mountains and all these different sorts of things. Um, when I moved back to Richmond, though, is where I really found kayaking and I started climbing much more. Um, for the last four or five years before I started with Beyond Boundaries, I had been doing CAD design and some in-house engineering for different companies. Um, and I was just kind of tired of staring at a computer screen for 40 hours a week. <laughs> um, I would do my best to go on the river as much as I could, to go climbing as much as I could, and to volunteer with Beyond Boundaries you know, as often as it was available. Um, so when the opportunity came up for a new program coordinator, um, I was super excited to apply for it and to eventually get said position. So we've really been enjoying it so far and really happy to have a job that is both fulfilling and in a space that we just enjoy being at, whether we're getting paid or not. That's awesome. That's awesome. So growing growing up in, uh, you know, kind of the Richmond area uh, and then so, sort of going to college initially kind of close by, um, what what kind of made you decide to go out to to Colorado? And obviously, there's some 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 differences between uh, Richmond and and Colorado. Yeah, that there are. Um, <laughs> ultimately, it just came down to I was not a big fan of yoga. Um, I thought I'd like it. I thought I wanted to do political science when I graduated from high school, so that's why I went to George Mason. Um, and I very kind of quickly realized that it wasn't the right fit for me. Um, I had been seeing pictures on Instagram of some buddies that I grew up playing lacrosse with that moved out to Colorado and different states out west and saw how much fun they were having skiing. Um, And I just decided that I wanted to do that, too. Um, I actually remember Googling um, Colorado Community College dorms and CMC Steamboat popped up. um, And it's a community college, but it had four year degrees and dorms. And it cost the same for an out of state student as George Mason did for an in-state student. 
Um, so once I found that out, I basically booked my plane ticket the next day. Um, and then, yeah, it was just kind of planning to go out there and do that. Um, and yeah, I think I fit in a lot better in smaller areas. Uh, Richmond for me is a great size. Um, I feel like there's always a constant influx of new people, but it's really nice to be able to make community here. Um, Nova versus living in Steamboat. I think Nova was just a little bit too much of an urban sprawl for me. It was hard to get out in nature. And I think Steamboat was kind of on the other side. I really enjoyed it, um, but it was very small, very local. Everybody knew everybody. Um, so I think Richmond is just a really nice fit. Uh, we have a big city. We have a really cool art and culture scene. I think VCU brings a really cool vibe to the city. And then we have the outdoor recreation that I think is overlooked by a lot. Um, but for those of us who are participants in all of these outdoor activities, you know, it's a close community. And I don't know anywhere else in the world that I could get off work and then drive five minutes from my apartment to go get on a river and get a little class three lap in after work. So I'm definitely really thankful to have come back to Richmond and to have uh, found it and made it my home. Yeah, absolutely. And so you said, um, you know, it wasn't really until you moved back um, to Richmond that you kind of got into the kayaking and, and rock climbing and some of those things. Um, even though I'm sure there, there were some ac- uh, opportunities out there in Colorado I guess prior to coming back to Richmond and kind of getting into that lifestyle, were you sort of outdoorsy in that sense before, or did that kind of come from the environment of being in Colorado? Um, and then sort of like, I guess, what what was the, the attraction there as well? Yeah, so I feel like as far as outdoors, I grew up playing sports, um, but I never was really into the outdoor recreation side of like the kayaking, climbing, hiking kind of thing. Um, it wasn't really what my family was into, so I wasn't really exposed to it. Um, so I felt, but I did start skiing when I was 16. Once me and my buddies got our licenses, we started going up skiing. So that was kind of my first outdoor sport in that field that I kind of fell in love with. Um, and when I went out to Colorado, um, as much as I enjoyed skiing, I was not equipped with summertime activities, to be honest. I did a lot of hiking and longboarding and different things, but I hadn't really found kayaking or climbing yet. Um, So it wasn't, you know, I just didn't really have anything to do at that time. Um, Before I moved back to Richmond, I had been doing van life for about a year um, and gone out to California and been across the country a couple times. Um, And at that point, hadn't really spent too much time in a bunch of national parks and all these different places that now I really enjoy going to and enjoy seeing. Um, So when I was in the van, uh, I actually ran out of money and decided to come back to Richmond just to kind of get myself back in shape before I went back out. Um, And when I was back in Richmond, I joined Triangle Rock Club and then slowly found the river. Someone took me whitewater rafting before I got into a kayak. Um, So it wasn't until moving to Richmond until I found a lot of these outdoor summertime activities, which is really what made me um, fall in love with Richmond again. It made me really appreciate it. Um, And yeah, it just gave me the tools to be able to do all of these different things. So I would say on some hand, I, you know, was always outdoorsy in the sense, but it took a long time to, you know, gain the skills, gain the gear and, you know, acquire the different knowledge necessary to explore these spaces. Yeah. uh, Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of always, you know, interesting kind of looking back hindsight, how things changed. Um, And of course, you know, doing the the whole van life thing, which I'm sure there, there's some uh, interesting stories that, that came along with that. So so you, um, you know, you, you ran out of money with van life and then you came back to Richmond and started kind of getting back in shape and, and rock climbing and, and kind of doing those kinds of things as well. Kind of you're figuring out what the next steps were. Is that around the time that um, you, you kind of um, 
found Beyond Boundaries or did that happen a little bit afterwards? So Beyond Boundaries came in the my life a little bit after, maybe I'd say two or three years ago, um, I found Beyond Boundaries. I'm actually not 100% sure how I found out about them. Um, it might have been through water or through climbing. Um, but then, yeah, I started volunteering and just getting involved and really enjoyed it, um, really enjoyed spending time with the different communities that we work with. And for me, I just it's really important to share my love of these spaces with people who don't normally get to be in them. Um, we know that, like I was saying earlier, there's a there's a cost to entry for, you know, for gear, for your skill set. And it has a lot to do with, you know, many different factors, um, you know, where you grew up, what your family atmosphere is like. Um, so Beyond Boundaries just, you know, gave me the opportunity, even as a volunteer, to help work with different people and show them spaces that I really benefit from. Um, in my mind, I think basically everybody can gain something from being outside, from just being in the sun. Um, but I do think that there is a, you know, a small percentage of people who we get to take out on these adventures who really fall in love with it. And, you know, this adventure lifestyle, this outdoor recreation and exploration becomes a true part of their life and their identity. And for me, that's, you know, very important. And it's something that, you know, has happened in my own life just naturally. So I really love the opportunity to share that and, you know, help other people get into the spaces. Yeah. And then so prior to kind of volunteering with Beyond Boundaries, once you uh, found out about them, at that point, were, were you doing your own thing as far as, um, uh, you know, kind of helping others rock climb and kayak and, and all that stuff as well? Or, um, or how, I guess, how did that, that play into it? Or was that sort of after you started just kind of slowly volunteering, you're like, Hey, maybe I should start, you know, teaching people this and that kind of happened serendipitously. Yeah. I think it was kind of around the same time. Um, so when I got into specifically kayaking and climbing, um, I feel like I was one of the first in my friend group to do it and all my friends were super interested in doing it. Um, but usually in these spaces, it's best to have someone who's experienced take people out. So at the very beginning, it was kind of, uh, it was just me leading other people when I really wasn't at the point of shouldn't really have been doing that at that time, to be <laughs> honest. Um, so after, you know, some trial and error and kind of figuring things out, um, you know, getting different certifications, whether it's ACA Swiftwater or kayak instructor and going through and doing different climbing stuff with RVA climbs, um, started to just build a little bit more knowledge base um, and understanding. Um, for a long time, it was kind of the, the YouTube mindset of I'm going to watch some videos and then go try it and we'll see how it works, which isn't, you know, the worst model, but it's, you know, I think it's important when we're doing, especially the, you know, the sports that do have a little bit more of a safety and inherent risk than maybe some others, like say hiking. Um, it's really important to know, you know, know all of your stuff top to bottom and to be educated and versed on these things. Um, and like I said, I, I remember showing lots of people down maybe before I should have or showing them up a wall, however it may happen. Um, but definitely happy to be on this side of things after a few years of being in this space to where, you know, I do feel comfortable having these different certifications and this knowledge base to where somebody who they would like to go kayaking or climbing or whatever it may be, um, I can adequately take them out and show them a safe and fun time. Um, so, yeah, it's just grown a lot in a natural way. Um, I would recommend to anybody who is listening to this, um, you know, pay for a class if you're able to. I think it's money well spent. I think it's easy to acquire some bad habits when you're getting into these sports. And, you know, you'll have 10 different people tell you 10 different things. Um, but if you take a class and you learn from professionals, you're able to learn the industry standards. 
Um, and then there are industry standards in basically all of these sports. And once you start to understand those, it's easier to not develop bad habits. It's easier to do these things properly so that when you are out in these spaces, accidents happen, things happen to all of us, but you will be the most prepared for moving forward and you'll be able to, you know, make it as safe as possible for you, your friends, whoever else is out with you. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely some uh, some things that probably uh, don't get thought about enough, you know, when someone's just hopping in the water or, you know, maybe uh, rock climbing, uh, you know, inside a gym, let alone outside of a gym, uh, that's helpful. So where, so, so like that part of it makes sense. Like as far as, you know, wanting or, or yourself wanting to do those certifications and learning and that stuff, where does the, I guess, where did like the, the, I guess the light bulb kind of click, I guess, as far as, Hey, you know, obviously I, I enjoy doing these activities. Um, but where's like the, I guess the love and, and maybe you don't have a love for teaching, but I, I would make this assumption, like the love for teaching and showing others and showing others the right way. Or if you're, you know, taking them out on the river or up the wall or, or whatever that might be, where, where do you think that stemmed from? Cause I always feel like that's, that's interesting. Um, you know, some people would rather just go out and do, do their own thing. And then some people like want to show you everything, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. There are definitely different styles when it comes to that. And I'm a, uh, I'm a more the merrier type of person. I like to spread the love and, you know, anybody who's interested in these things, I love to have the opportunity to take them and show them. Um, and then there's also been some influential people in my life. Um, give a shout out to a good friend of mine who actually passed away um, on May 2nd. Her name was Leah Patterson. Um, and she was a huge inspiration. She was my first climbing partner. Um, we got into whitewater together and all that kind of thing. And when she she moved away about a year ago um, to go guide uh, the she guided the Grand Canyon, um, she did the Rio Grande, and then she worked snowboard patrol after only being on snowboard two times with me the year before. Um, <laughs> so having a friend that was you know I introduced to these sports and then to see her take them to a level that I never thought possible um, was really inspiring. You know, it made me look around and really question hey, if I'm going to be spending 40 hours a week doing something, you know, I really want to be working on skills that, you know, in 20, 30 years, I'm going to look back and say, man, I'm, you know, I'm proud of what I did. Um, so that's really just what it came down to is, you know, allocating time of, you know, time is limited and we all have to pay bills. We all have to have a job. So I'm super thankful to have gotten this opportunity to be here and be in this space where, you know, I can share the things I love and I can also grow as a human. Um, I can, grow in the spaces that we work with and in the populations that we work with. Um, and it's something that, you know, sounds cheesy, but it is, you know, it's super rewarding. You know, the people that we get to work with are just super thankful usually um, to be out there with us. You can see that, you know, it's a big moment for them when we get to do certain things. And, you know, I learned a lot from that and I'm really thankful to have those experiences and to be able to sit back at the end of the day and, you know, feel good about what we're doing and what we're putting out in the world. And feel like, you know, we are making a difference, as you could say, um, and in different people's lives. So I think that, you know, is kind of a main point of it. As far as the teaching goes, um, I think it just kind of came naturally from wanting to have my friends come out and play outside with me. Um, when you do these activities, there is a learning curve. Um, so you just start to, you know, teach people, teach friends, teach colleagues, whoever else. And as you do those, you know, over the few years, you start to learn that maybe there's holes in your own game. Maybe there's technique that you haven't properly learned. And, you know, the more time you spend, the more you see those holes, 
And that's again why I think it's you know important to do the proper steps to you know be as safe as you can when they're in these spaces. And I definitely enjoy getting to you know show people different things and see their love for it. And I really enjoy seeing someone who you can tell just in, like really enjoys it at a different level than a normal participant. We have a few people who you know their activities with us are the favorite part of their week. Um, so for me to see someone who you know, most people would expect wouldn't be able to climb. You know, we have wheelchair users who were able to get up a rock wall. And for those people, I mean, they see themselves as climbers as we do too. And for me, like that is, that's very inspiring. You know, it's, we always look at, you know, different people, whatever grades you're climbing, this, that, or the other, but I don't know anything. I've never seen anything more inspiring than someone who is using a wheelchair. And once they get up the wall is able to climb a rock wall. To me, that just shows that there is there's ultimate possibilities and there's ultimately just different challenges that we can overcome. Um, it's about adapting and a lot of times it's gear, a lot of times it's knowledge and sometimes it doesn't happen right away where someone wants to do an activity. We may not know how the best way to make it happen, but with the team that Shep has gathered here at Beyond Boundaries, we're definitely making strides to just make this more available to all sorts of people. And, you know, when we do see challenges, um, we try not to say no. We try to adapt and make things happen. Um, we, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it presents really cool opportunities for us all the time. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, kind of, um, kind of crazy when you think about, it, cause you know, the, you know, even the normal, uh, uh, able person or, or whatever, you know, they might see somebody, you know, as, as you mentioned in a wheelchair or, you know, maybe with uh, vision impairment or, or whatnot. Um, like, oh, there's no way they can do this or no way they can do that. But to your point, you're out there doing it. And I remember, um, uh, it was, I don't know, this might have been four years ago, but I met up with, um, when I was in, in town, met up with Shep um, at, uh, I guess it was Triangle or whatever the rock climbing gym is there. Um, anyways, I, I'm not a rock climber at all myself, but I was out there, uh, you know, having fun. And then he just like pulls out this, you know, bandana out of his pocket um, and and had me go up, you know, blindfolded and like kind of in that case sort of put me in someone else's shoes that might, you know, not have that um, the, the luxury that we have of, of vision. Um, and I, I felt like that was kind of hit hit home for me that that experience. So I definitely appreciate what what you're doing through that. So as far as like the the journey through Beyond Boundary. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, you started as uh, a volunteer. Um, and so like, how long, how long were you volunteering for um, before like this opportunity came up to kind of be the, um, you know, kind of oversee the programs? Um, I had been a volunteer for about two years. Um, and when I say that, I was not, you know, we have volunteers who are pretty regular with us. Um, unfortunately, I was not able to volunteer as much as I would have liked to back then. Um, a lot of our programs go on during the day, um, so I was able to volunteer some throughout, um, but not as much as I would have liked. But I was able to, you know, keep in touch with Shep, and when I did have availability, would always do my best to be out there and, uh, you know, just be a part of it. Um, we had our first hire last year, um, Katie, who I know you've spoken with, our program director, who does a wonderful job. Um, and then I got hired back in the beginning of February. Um, so yeah, it's just really awesome to be part of a small team, a growing team as we move forward. 
And it just was one of those things that, you know, as I communicated with Shep, he was just like, you know, opportunities may present themselves later on, like stay around, keep volunteering. And when I started volunteering, it was never an idea that I was going to go work for this organization. Um, back then, there was no employees. It was only Shep pretty much running the show and volunteer based. Um, so now to see that we are, we're growing, we're able to do new programs. We're on track to do, I think, twice as many programs as we were last year. Plus, we're adding some new ones in that we've never done before. Presents some really cool opportunities for us moving forward um, as a company just to get to do more cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the and kind of the growth to that is 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 kind of wild. Um, you know, last time I caught up caught up with uh, Shep about everything. So. And now, and then now, now that opportunity, obviously, you know, you, you kind of hung around, um, and an opportunity kind of came up. And then, so, so, do you mainly see? Do you oversee all of the programs, or are you over like specific um, ones? Because I mean, there there are a lot that that I know you all do now, and you just mentioned you're you're adding more um, as well, and even doing more as far as volume, also. Yeah, for sure, um, which is really exciting. Um, so, my main programs that I oversee are kayaking pontoon boating, fishing, hiking, biking, adventure club. And then hopefully we're looking to move forward with our adaptive ski program with winter, uh, with wintergreen come this winter. Oh, that's so that's quite a few. And the, yeah, the wintergreen exciting. one will be fun. <laughs> so yeah, we're really excited about it. Um, with, with kayaking too, we um, are looking forward to moving forward with a nonprofit, a national one called Team River Runner. Um, and Team River Runner is a paddling group that takes veterans and disabled veterans kayaking, um, teaching them new skills. Um, a lot of them have never been kayaking before um, and come back from serving. And it's a, it's a time to learn new skills and do, you know, just something different like that. So that's kind of in the works now. Um, so we're really excited to get to partner with, you know, a nationally recognized organization who gets to do really cool stuff. Um Team of Runner sends more blind people down whitewater than anywhere in the world. Um, and it is, you know, it's a program that's a little different than a lot of the other ones we do. A lot of the other ones that we do are, we would say, one-offs where, you know, we take a group fishing or we take a group kayak or we take a group climbing. Um, Team River Runner will be a progressive stage. So when people come into us, we'll start in the pool and then we'll just start with pool technique. And then a few months later, we'll move over to flat water. And if they want to, we'll move over some moving water. Um, so there's a lot of cool options that that's going to present us. And as a whitewater kayaker myself, I'm really excited to be spearheading that program. And uh, I'm really excited for Team River Runner to come to Richmond. We have such a good paddling community here um, with a lot of veterans who are already in our paddling community. So we think we're going to have just a great job with volunteers and we know that um, the James River community is going to be very supportive of us and we're really excited to get to bring that to Richmond. We think that, or at least I think that uh, the James River is, you know, one of the best parts about living in this city and I think it's very rare to get to have what we have here. Um, so we're super excited to get to partner with Team River Runner and hopefully get to show some new people down some whitewater in the next couple of years. Yeah, it sounds like that will, will as you mentioned, kind of present a uh, another opportunity to support the community that that's already there. Like you said, though, that are already kind of involved in your, in your programs and whatnot. Um, so, so, you know, but with that, and then obviously the, um, the partnership with, with wintergreen that's coming up, are there, are there any other things kind of in the works or, or anything kind of big to, to look forward to? 
I don't know how much I can share with you today, but there are exciting things in the works. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, we definitely have plans for the future. Um, I think we're kind of at a stage right now where we see that, you know, Beyond Boundaries could go a few different ways. Um, and we're just kind of trying to finalize which way we want it to go. But we do see not only expansion in our area, possibly other areas, possibly, you know, just doing different things. Um, we definitely see programming continuing to evolve. We see what programs we have continuing to evolve. We see bringing in new programs like we were talking about. Um, we're also looking at working on a bike program, a stand-up paddleboard program right now, um, as well as maybe a camp opportunity in the future. Um, so none of that is 100% set in stone right now, but we're definitely looking forward to the future and realizing that, hey, Beyond Boundaries is something special that we do here in Richmond. And you know, we think we can continue to grow this and, you know, just keep growing it over the years to make it the most successful, um, the successful nonprofit it can be. Um, we really think that we do some really cool work with all kinds of different groups. And I think everyone who works for us, works with us, really believes in our mission and really believes in what we're doing. And we're really thankful for all of our community support, for all our local partners, for all our volunteers, all of our donors who make it possible what we do. Um, and we're just continuing to look at avenues to to grow and to help serve more and more people around the greater Richmond area and beyond. Absolutely. Leaving uh, leaving no adventure stone unturned, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I, I know uh, you also have, um, you know, as if you don't have enough going on <laughs> with the different programs and expansion and stuff like that. And I know by the time this uh, episode is actually live, it will have passed already, but I think uh, you're coming up on the fourth or fifth year of the Rimby festival. Yeah. So we have our annual festival Rimby right in my backyard. And uh, like you said, this probably will air after, um, but it will be at Hardywood on Sunday, June 4th from 12 to four. And really excited about that event. Um, we do it every year. Unfortunately, last year it was canceled, I believe, due to a rainout. Um, so we've kind of rescheduled last year for this one. But we have a lot of the different partners that we work with who are going to be there. Plus, we've talked to a lot of different brands and companies um, who do similar work, work with people with disabilities. So I know we have cool clothing companies that are specialized for certain people with disabilities coming. And we have all kinds of different people who are in the space. So we're really excited to get that group together. And we know a lot of our local partners and our participants and their families are going to get to come out. And we think it'll just be a fun time to get to hang out, you know, have a beer. We've got live music. Mackenzie Rourke is going to be there. Um, so we're just super excited for what that'll bring in and just to have a little community day and get to see all the groups that we work together with. And it'll be a little bit of a change of pace from our normal scheduling program of being outside and doing something. Um, this, you know, will be part inside, part outside at Hardywood, but we think it'll be really nice to just get to hang out and get to see everybody and, you know, hopefully a lot of people come through and yeah, we're really excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, one, one of these uh, days I'm going to get out from Missouri and go back to uh, Virginia, which is, which is my home state and uh, hang out there. It sounds like it's a good time and it's fun watching it grow uh, every year and kind of bring kind of that whole community together um, for that time. And uh Hopefully, hopefully the weather uh, works works out in your favor this year. Because I I do remember that was a that was a bummer seeing that last year that it was um, gone. But there's always there's always this year. So, agree. <laughs> you never know in Virginia. <laughs> nope, nope. So, um, so one um, kind of as as we wrap it up, kind of one 
one last question that I, or one question I always like to ask our guests is kind of one piece of advice um, that our listeners can take away. Um, and I know we've obviously spoken a lot about beyond boundaries and, and the impact and what you've done, but I think kind of going back to, um, you know, kind of how, how you started and got into it in the first place from, you know, growing up in uh, around the Richmond area, then going to Nova and that wasn't your thing. And then Colorado and then van life and then back to Virginia and then kind of getting into, to, um, all these outdoor programs beyond boundaries and everything like that. It seems like you're very, um, kind of a free flowing person, I guess, you know, when an opportunity presents itself, you don't think too much about it. Um, and, and kind of go for it. You know, you mentioned, you know, kind of you were sick and sitting in front of a computer for 40 hours a week and now you're, you know, doing something that you feel is more meaningful, but also, um, you know, you're making a, a big impact that way. So what, I guess, what would your piece of advice be for someone that, you know, they, they kind of have that, that underlining passion, um, or all these different opportunities that they feel like pop up sort of like yourself, but they're just for whatever reason, afraid to go after them and pursue them, uh, when they pop up or kind of, uh, you know, work them into existence. What, what would you say to kind of encourage them to, you know, just go out there and do it? Um, so I guess I would say kind of a couple things there. I would say on one side, you know, be calculated. Um, lots of different opportunities will present themselves. Um, and, you know, it's your choice to decide which one is right for you and which avenue to take. So take your time. There's no rush to, you know, make career changes or to try to go jump into something. Take your time, take it slow, and just slowly build up. And then I would say, too, that I think it's really important to, um, you know, take care of yourself. Do things that bring you joy, and it makes it much easier to be a kind person to other people. Um, I can definitely find myself being a little bit more irritable and grumpy than I would like to at times. Um, So having something, so I know that being outside, being at the river brings me happiness, and it makes it so that I can treat those people around me much better. Um, And to me, that's important. I, uh, I really care about, you know, the impact that I leave. But when you're doing something that you don't care about for, you know, a big chunk of your week, I do find it hard to have the emotional bandwidth to treat other people well and with respect and kindness. Um, So I would say my number one would just be to, you know, take care of yourself, do the things that you think are going to bring you happiness in some point. And in this outdoor recreation space, it's, it's kind of tricky. It's tricky financially. A lot of people end up doing one thing in the summer, one thing in the winter, and kind of making do in the shoulder season. So it's not always exactly clear the best way to get into these spaces if you're looking to make a career out of it. Um, So just be patient. But if you know that that's a route that you are at least considering, um, stay as educated as possible. Um, Learn different things, take different certifications, volunteer with local programs, and just become part of the community. Um, I think a community in the outdoor space is something that I never really expected. Um, I really believe that I know a lot of the people who I'm on the water with. Um, Even if I don't know them, we've seen each other around, we'll give each other a wave. And I think once you're ingrained in a community, you have people around who know you, respect you, trust you. Um, As long as you're working and making strides to better yourself and better your situation, I think that just kind of spreads outward. Um, It gives you an easier path to treat other people better and 
ultimately to live a life that, you know, you want to live and a life that you can be proud of. Absolutely. And if, uh, kind of, kind of to your point there, you know, if, if you're happy and passionate about what you're doing, uh, you're going to be much nicer to those around you, which obviously, uh, you know, kind of makes everybody happier. So, um, but no, I love that. I think that's great advice. So if people, um, want to find uh, either yourself or beyond boundaries or, um, other, other resources online, um, where, where could they find you? Yeah, of course. Um, so if you'd like to learn more about Beyond Boundaries, you can go to beyondboundariesrva.org and you can see all of what we're doing on there as well. Um, there are volunteer opportunities that'll click you through to our volunteer portal called Humanitrue. Um, you just fill out a background check and waiver and then you'll be able to see all of what we do and however you'd like to get involved. Um, we also have an Instagram account that stays populated every day with all the events that we're doing. Um, so if you just kind of want to keep an eye on what we're doing and just kind of check on us, just hit us a follow on Instagram or Facebook and pretty much every day of the week, we're posting whatever programs we're doing, whoever we're working with. So that's a good way to just kind of see what we have happening, what we have going on. And if you're looking to get a little bit more in depth, I'll refer you back to the website beyondboundariesrva.org. That'll give you more in depth on who I am, who are different employees are, uh, ways to volunteer, ways to donate, and just kind of who we are as an organization, who we ultimately serve, and all of those different details. Awesome. Well, everyone, definitely uh, make sure you check that stuff out. Obviously, good stuff on there. Um, but I appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing your your background story and then, of course, your involvement in everything that you're doing with Beyond Boundaries. And as you're um, formulating the plan for all these uh, these new programs and, and activities and stuff, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.